When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, before we get into the news of the day, the news of the week, the news of the season, I quickly want to start off with a little bit of brighter news. If you are a fan of sports memorabilia, autographed stuff, great things, autographed stuff by the Sabres, by the Bills, by the Goo Goo Dolls, all of the, the three Buffalo food groups, Boy, do I have good news for you. A few weeks ago, or I should say maybe a couple months ago, I had announced that I am co-organizing a charity fundraiser that is supporting Recovery Options Made Easy's new East Buffalo Mental Health Respite and Recovery Facility in honor of my sister who had passed away back in November. And as part of that, first of all, the concert itself has sold out. So if you are among the folks who ended up buying uh, any of the 250 tickets, thank you so much for the support. Very, very much appreciate it. If you have donated to the GoFundMe, that is live right now. Thank you very much for that too. And for your generosity, if you haven't, that is also available. But what I wanted to bring up first though, is we launched today an online auction featuring some pretty kick-ass signed items by the Bills and Sabres. So there's only one Bills item. We'll get that out of the way first. That would be a Trey White autographed football, not too shabby. There are a couple of autographed Goo Goo Dolls items, one being a guitar and another one being their most recent album art. But for the Sabres, oh boy, we got some items, folks. And again, all of the proceeds from this auction and all of the money raised from the fundraiser itself are going to be going to this incredible new innovative first of its kind mental health facility in Buffalo and in New York State for that matter. But for the Sabres items, you can get your hands on an autographed Dylan Cousins or Owen Power Hockey Stick, you can get an autographed Alex Tuck jersey, a jersey signed by Alex Tuck, an autographed Rasmus Dahlin photo, autographed Tage Thompson dog calendar. Not just any calendar. It's the Sabres with their dogs, and they're all very adorable dogs, and it's signed by Tage. And finally, an autographed Jeff Skinner puck. So pretty much the who's who of Sabres stars are involved here with this auction. Again, all the money is going to a really great cause. And so if you are interested, whether it is bidding on an auction item, whether it is donating to the GoFundMe because you just want to do it out of the kindness of your heart, but even if you don't want to do it out of the kindness of your heart, even if you want to do something kind because you are getting rewarded for it, that is quite all right. What you're going to do, go to linktree.com slash the concert for Jen. Again, that's linktree.com. Linktree, of course, the link website, link and bio website. Linktree.com slash the concert for Jen. And you'll have all the links there where you can donate to the GoFundMe. You can bid on these auction items, and the auction runs through the concert, which is taking place next Friday, the 21st. You can learn more about recovery options made easy in the new facility that's that has actually just opened up in East Buffalo. I had the absolute pleasure of joining my other sister, Megan, and my sister, Jen's partner, Jake, and going to the ribbon cutting ceremony and getting to see a walkthrough of this place. And it was, it's just remarkable what an 
amazing resources is going to be for the community. And it's going to be able to treat people who are struggling with a wide variety of mental health issues. And wherever your your mental health issue falls on the spectrum, whether it's something that's more in the immediate term, whether it's, you know, uh, an immediate crisis, whether it's something that's more of a long term, they have inpatient beds there, whatever it is that people are going to be in need of when it comes to their mental health, this new respite and recovery center is going to be able to meet those needs for the community. And hopefully, by how it sounds, this is going to be the first of several more of these that are going to be popping up throughout the region. So really, really exciting stuff. So again, all of this money, all of these proceeds are going to be going to this amazing cause, all in my sister's honor. And so it would mean the world to me if you would consider making a donation or bidding on any of these items. It would just, it would be so wonderful. And for those of you who, again, have already bid on an item, those of you who have shared it on social media, which there was so many people today who did, who I'm just so indescribably grateful for those of you who have have made a donation or those of you who even after everything had happened with my sister when she passed away in November who had reached out and had sent kind words I mean there's just an infinite amount of people that I I I want to thank and once we get through next week and kind of get our final tally here I'll be sure to do a more proper one but for right now though I just want to give my just most sincere and heartfelt gratitude to everybody who has helped spread the word about the concert, about the fundraiser, about the auction, all of it. Like, thank you all so very much. And hopefully if you haven't heard about it yet, like I said, linktree.com slash the concert for Jen, you can learn more there. Taylor, are you going to be bidding on any of the items? Anything catch your eye? What's your favorite item of the, uh, of the bunch? The Taylor Thompson one's interesting, but I feel like I should leave that to someone who has a dog. Fair. Um, that's a great question. I am a medium Goo Goo Dolls guy, so again, I feel like I should leave that. I'm going to have to look through the Saber stuff. I actually weirdly have a, a, a decent amount of very, very old Sabers autographs. By by very old, I mean from when we were kids. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I should look at, like, I'm I'm thinking about mostly the Sabers. Yeah. The Sabers things. I have... Maybe, who knows, with what's going on today, maybe we have to separate his fan bases. <laughs> we should actually just talk about that. What? Let's, <laughs> let's not talk about the sadness of New Jersey. Let's talk about Bill's fans being just, like, indescribably fragile. But the reason why this all came up, everybody, you know the unfortunate news. Let's get into it here. The Sabres season has essentially come to an end as they lost to the New Jersey Devils on Wednesday night ending their playoff hopes as New Jersey knocked them out of the playoffs. As it stands right now, the Florida Panthers secured the first wild card spot and the second wild card spot is now going to come down to the wire between the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Islanders fate is in their own hands. If they win on Wednesday night, they are in folks, or do they play Wednesday or Thursday? One or the other, whatever the Islanders play tonight. The Islanders do play tonight. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, the Islanders very well could have clinched or the, the pens may still be alive, but it is win into their end for the Islanders. But the Sabres, due to that loss to the pen, or to the to the Devils, excuse me, they do not own any of the tiebreakers with any of the teams that they were going up against. So again, that effectively eliminated them from playoff contention. And I gotta say, Taylor, it's a weird feeling that I have here about the Sabres because it's a feeling that I haven't had in a long time. Where I'm not feeling so much disappointment; it's like genuine sadness. I really could feel just from listening to Opozo's remarks yesterday and just how these guys have really just stepped up over this last stretch. I mean, they completely shit the bed when it came to that late March stretch where they won two of 11 games. They could have easily just rolled over and folded after that, but they didn't. 
they ended up going, what are they, seven and two over their last nine or something, or seven, two and one over the last 10, I believe, um, which is really impressive. And I think it speaks to the character on this team. But I will say also that I think last night, it just kind of looked like some of the exhaustion kept uh, caught up with them. I mean, it was their second of a back-to-back. They were going to have to get ready to play on Thursday and on Friday, and they were going to need to win every single game if it meant them getting in. And I think that some of the exhaustion just caught up to them a little bit. But along with that, just like general sadness, like I said, it's not so much disappointment, but also, man, there is like real optimism here. It's it's undeniable at this point. They were able to hit 40 wins this season for the first time since 2011. And I should also say we uh, I, I should have started the episode with this. Our official like in memoriam end of season wrap up episode is going to be on Monday. So that's going to be a lot more of the big picture stuff. We're going to talk about the season as a whole. We're going to talk about the off season, what expectations may look like for next year, who we're hoping to be on the team, who are not hoping to be on team on the team, what have you. So today we're going to just kind of talk about a little bit more of uh, some of the items relating back to the game itself in this most recent stretch. But Taylor, you know, what were your feelings after the game finished up last night? Like how would you describe how you were feeling to the Sabres being knocked out in the literal last week of the season, something that we have not been able to say in quite a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it was sad. That's a good way to put it. I, I was thinking of how funny it was because there's so much optimism around it too. This used to be kind of like weirdly normal thing for Sabres fans. The Sabres had a, uh, a genuine preponderance of ninth and 10th place finishes for quite a while. So like I, I mentioned the Sabres of our youth a little while ago, like, yeah, the first three years I watched hockey, they made the playoffs. It was super cool. 99 and 01 were both particularly fun runs. Uh, and then they missed three years in a row. But like in 02 and in 04, it was like this. It was the last week of the season. We were watching the out-of-town scoreboard. It was different at the time, obviously. It was more like <laughs> looking at Sports Center later that night to see what was on the bottom line. And the Sabres games would mention it. But either way, like it was, it was following it like this. And then you had, unfortunately in a huge disappointment in 2008, it was the same way, pretty similar in 2009. And then in 2012, in a very disappointing season, it also came down to the wire and it, it got me thinking about it. It was 11 years ago, right around Easter. I was home for Easter break, my freshman year at college. And Matt Reed scored a late goal in the game against Philadelphia that more or less eliminated the Sabres. Uh, which is brutal. But all those years I mentioned, it was 02, 04, 08, 09, and 12. So like that 10 years, because obviously there is no 05 playoffs. Uh, so that's 10 playoff runs there. This is five times, five times in that run. Wow. So by 2012, it felt like a familiar feeling of like, oh, they're just going to miss out. As opposed to um, a lot of Sabres history, which is they just made it <laughs> before that. So uh, th- I thought that was it was interesting how disappointing all those years were. And then to have it have this kind of mark, like a good positive turning point, I think is pretty funny because this is the kind of year, if you want to think about it from a Sabres perspective that they skipped over in their, the early two thousands run. So they were, you think probably if they were going to, bar- they barely missed the playoffs in 04, I guess is a good way to put it. So maybe, maybe this is a comparable team to 04 in, di- in a different way, obviously, because there were a bunch of guys that were not on the, um, Oh, three, oh, four Sabres that were there by oh, five, oh, six, Roy Vanek, Palmaville, Miller to some extent. But there was, there was kind of like a good base there. Like they were better by oh, four, and then they were awesome by oh, six. So maybe next year is the in between year that we're missing. But from a football perspective, I think a lot of people, especially Bills fans, 
or even just Buffalo sports fans who look at the Bills and how they got good recently and said, what year is this? And if we would have made the playoffs, this might have looked more like 2017. I thought that was a bad comparison because the 2017 Bills were really just a team of guys who were not coming back. Like it was it, that was a real that was a real accidental making the playoffs here. That would have been like if the Sabres made it last year. Um, or e- even then that's kind of a stretch. Cause there was like, what, four guys on the 2017 bills they wanted to bring back. Like it was not a, it was not a team of the future. And then you obviously had the huge drop off in 2018. So I think this year is almost like it's somewhat like the 2019 bills is how I'm kind of thinking of it. Okay. Obviously that ended with a playoff appearance. However, God, the AFC sucked that year and go back and look at that bills team schedule. They beat nobody. I'm like right now I'm calling mm-hmm. Paul Feinbaum show saying they ain't played nobody, Paul. I want to see him play Bama. <laughs> Just talking about any team in any conference. That's not the SEC. But so, yeah, I kind of think it is comparable because like the 2019 Bills were not a great team. It's just hard to work into this metaphor here or whatever I'm doing. Uh, the fact that the Sabres had really bad goaltending all year. And that, that's an annoying thing because that really torpedoed, as we said many times, it was a really fun uh, group of forwards and also dialing in power. Uh, but the the final silver lining and why this has been such an up and down season is the end of the season is wow our goaltender of the future really looks like our goaltender of the future. Yep, 100%. so it's it's really complicated emotions I would say, uh, but I'm not upset. I'm less upset than I've been in a while. So you can't put it in the newspaper that I got mad. No, please do not say that I was mad. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. No, I, I think the interesting thing that I've been thinking about really over the past few days, especially the past 24 hours with regard to this is when Levi had initially come up and obviously he's he's been spectacular relative, like considering the fact that he's a rookie and is just coming from college hockey and making the jump and is looking this good so far. But we had saw a lot of people after those first couple of games, hell, even after the first game being like, God, can you imagine if we would have had Levi this entire season? And I have two things to say about that. One, it is a testament to how atrocious the Sabres goaltending is that not the, the the concept of having Levi up the whole year would have been like this big difference, which it very well could have. We don't know that. My whole thing is, are we looking at a playoff spot right now if Levi joins the team two weeks earlier? That's interesting. It's definitely possible. Well, but... Weren't they winning games leading up, or am I mistaken? Didn't were those two weeks of games represented the games that they lost? Let me go and just get that those games just to be sure. So of course Levi ended up making his debut. That would be when was that Rangers game on the thirty first? Correct. Yep. So going backwards, you had the four to three shootout loss against Montreal. You had the two to nothing win against the Islanders and the five to four win against the Devils, but you also had that seven to three loss against Nashville. You had the seven nothing loss against the Bruins. You had the five to two loss against Philly. You had the shootout loss against the Capitals. And then prior to that, you have the four to three win over the Leafs. So, and then if you wanted to go the full two weeks, then they lose to the Rangers on the 11th. And, or no, two well, weeks would have been, would have been Philly weeks. actually. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So, two, so realistically say the Philly game goes differently and the Nashville, the Nashville game goes differently. And then maybe you pick up two points in Montreal. So possible. Yeah. The Philly game was weird though. They kind of got their ass kicked. 
They so did. I don't really know about that one. The Nashville one, we were there, and I would say, yeah, goaltending ruined that game, no doubt in my mind. They completely lost confidence immediately. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't – yeah, I guess. it. There's just like a whole bunch of things you'd be able to say now because they were so close. But blowing games against – two games against Philly, Columbus, uh, those games that were very stupid that they lost. Uh, there's another one that I'm not remembering, maybe for a good reason. Yeah. Uh, but also like, God, if UPL was like a – I don't know, 900 goalie. If Craig Anderson could have played five to 10 more games, a lot of the stuff is, uh, I guess it'll drive you crazy, but the good thing is I don't think it'll have to drive you crazy for much longer. Cause the way things are going, I don't think we're going to care that they barely miss the playoffs. I think we're going to end up looking at this as a positive year. Uh, and I think uh, there'll be good reason for that uh, within a couple of years. I, there's an interesting question today posed by, Someone in hockey Twitter, it wasn't a Buffalo, it wasn't a Buffalo based person that said um, within the next five years, which of the non-playoff teams from this year are you picking to win a cup? And pretty much all the replies, um, I should say 80% of the replies fell into two categories, which is Buffalo or Calgary, uh, which is to say Calgary was unlucky this year, got worse goaltending than you would expect. Uh, worse results. They're just basically unlucky. They should have made the playoffs. So next year, they if, if you're taking bets, the most likely team that missed the playoffs this year that'll make it next year, Calgary. And but a lot of other people were saying Buffalo. The Burrs. Well, Calgary is interesting, too, because goaltending was atrocious for them. Like Markstrom was just was so not a bad goalie. hot and cold, mostly cold. Vladar, same thing. He couldn't steal the net away from Markstrom. Meanwhile, <laughs> though, you had Dustin Wolf in the AHL pulling a 930 save percentage. So needless to say, Calgary is probably very excited that they are going to have him as I would assume their day one starter next season. So it makes sense. But no, it's true. I mean, and it was universal. Like if you were going through, I know the tweet you're talking about. I was going through the replies. The majority of people saying Buffalo were not from Buffalo, which is a really, really good feeling. Like for sure. But I think the other side of it is too, like as great as it is to have that external validation, like, I think in years past, maybe in like the Eichel era more so, we kind of like needed it a little bit, you know, like fans would like (laughs) clamor for like, we're going to be good. This is going to be our year. Next year is going to be the year. They're going to put it together. They're going to surround Eichel and Reinhardt with the right guys. And like, they have the pieces in place and blah, 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 blah. And because it was just consistently so bad, we anytime we would get any kind of positive national recognition, it would be like, not even validating. I don't know. It would just make us feel fucking good about our miserable lives. But now I don't need that. Like it, that's just kind of like the, the cherry on top now that other people are realizing it because again, like, dude, you had 52 games this year where the goalie was either UPL or Comrie. Okay. UPL had some good starts. Do not get me wrong. He had a winning record. Good for him. He I'm was not- actually pretty solid in like, was it December and January? It was like I the middle say. of the season. He was all right. Yeah. yeah. But there was a lot of nights where it was so bad, where it was like, just, he looked lost in that. Same with Comrie. Like they were so like, when they were on, like they looked great. And that's all you needed from them was just like good competency. Like that's awesome. The, but the the problem was that it felt like there were more nights where they just were lost in there and were just giving up goals that they absolutely should not have. So, you know, I would have to think Anderson is going to get the start on Thursday at home, probably going to be the send off for his career. Maybe you give Levi then the season finale. 
And I think if that's the case, regardless of what happens, UPL and Comrie are going to both end this season with sub 900 save percentages, which is just so indescribably bad. And when you look at the offensive metrics of the Sabres, even though we have all wanted to pull our hair out about the power play comparatively to the rest of the league, the power play has been okay. It's been fine. It's been pretty good. Offensively though, the numbers are there. Like every single thing, the eye test, the underlying numbers, your baseline numbers, everything points to the fact that the thing that kept the Sabres from making the playoffs this year was goaltending. There are absolutely other conversations to be had about some defensive structure, some of the deployment, pretty much just like letting Yoki Haru skate on the ice at any point of a given time throughout this <laughs> season. Um, but goaltending is what really what it comes back to. And I think that if anything just goes to prove that like, I'm all about Levi. Levi is the guy of the future. He's going to be great, but you cannot put all of your eggs in that basket next season because there is a very real chance. I don't know what the probability is, but if you want to base it off of recent NHL success and the way the NHL is now with bringing goalies up and, and transitioning from junior hockey or collegiate hockey or hockey overseas to the NHL, the it's like 98% are not able to make that jump right away to being a one a from, from college hockey, let alone a professional league overseas. So if Levi is the one B next year or is your backup, I'm okay with that. But what all of that tells me is it, it, like, you cannot rely on this 21 year old kid to be the guy next year. You need to let him get integrated into the league a little bit more. This has been a, a very impressive stretch of games, but it's been six games. The same thing with like Paterka, for example, Paterka started off this season lights out. He was great. And by and large, Paterka has been fine for the Sabres. He's been pretty good. He's been contributing. He's had a solid rookie year, but you cannot afford to, leave Devin Levi out to dry next season and to work through these growing pains and not have a respectable option to consistently be able to go back to like, again, it's the same point that I made after people were saying after the two wins that Levi should be the one a next year. It is so much of a safer bet for this team to go into next year forcing Levi to steal the job if he really is ready as compared to giving him the keys off the bat and he falters. And then you have to think, well, do we send them to Rochester? What do we do now? Well, we don't have a really reliable backup option here. So what are we going to do? Like it just, it makes all the more sense to me now that Levi goes into next season as your one B or the starter in Rochester, whatever, either way you need to get a one a option because the main takeaway from this this entire season and we'll get more into this on monday in our wrap-up episode this team is ready for the playoffs and next year they can should and will break the drought if they can address that goaltending position and get that top 4d that they need there's other yeah. things that there's other holes that they have to fill too and we could talk about them more on monday but this team is there like they are close we said before the year you need to have like the 2021, 2022 Winnipeg season. And they pretty much have done that to a T almost like they are going to have a very, very similar record to them points at the end of the year, whatever. Like they did it. They hit 40 wins. They have a very good chance of being like actual above 500 this season. Not like 
you know, where you're like 39, 37 and a bunch of overtime and whatever the rest of overtime losses where it's more losses than wins. Like they can legitimately have more wins than losses this year. And that's huge. And again, you have a faltering Pittsburgh team that is not getting any younger. Washington's not getting any younger. I mean, like Florida obviously is great and Kachuk, Barkov, Reinhardt, undeniable, but like their goaltending situation, I would not feel confident about because Bob is inconsistent, old and overpaid. Spencer Knight is obviously going through personal stuff right now. And you don't know what his future is going to look like. And the guy who is literally single-handedly gotten the Panthers in the playoffs is Alex Lyon. So you don't know there's going to like, there's going to be some real uncertainty there. The Islanders are this, like, you know what you're going to get with them. It's the same thing every year. So like the opportunity is there. Like it was there for you this year. And like, yeah, they didn't get it and it sucks. But like next year, it is no excuses at all. And the front office, again, we will get into it more on Monday and I'll shut up after this. The front office, the last thing that they can do is what they did at this off season, which is sit on their hands and just bank on more development next year. Go fucking take the playoff spot. Do not expect it to come to you or that these guys are going to grow into it. Do what New Jersey did this year. Go fucking take it. Yeah. And I, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, but speaking of the playoffs, Brad, did you know what else is going on? this time tell me the nba playoffs and folks at DraftKings sportsbook that means big hoops action with the official sports betting partner of the nba get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button new customers can make a five dollar pregame money line bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets if their team wins plus everyone can score a no sweat same game parlay every day during the nba playoffs Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet back up to $10. So we got a uh, a, a same game parlay for an upcoming NBA game. Like, I'm supposed to talk about one I think is going to hit, uh, and uh, I'm getting off every other sport. I'm getting off baseball, especially because the Rays still haven't lost. But really, looking at this, I have a super easy one. Bulls Raptors play tonight. That'll be over by the time you're listening to this. Whether it's the fraud ass Bulls or the too young and not all that good Raptors that move on, I got a parlay for you. Jimmy Butler over 30 points. Heat win Friday night. No matter who they're playing, uh, they already lost out by. Now they have to play Milwaukee instead of Boston. They had some success. Uh, they've had success against both in recent years, I guess. But either way, not getting the seven seed, losing to the Hawks like that, embarrassing. Jimmy Butler, I think he's going to have a decent game against either of these teams. So that's that's basically it. Over 30 points, win. There's your parlay. You're welcome. Anyway, download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 4 4- Six seven three six nine in Kansas. Call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 
21 plus in most eligible states, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, folks, our next sponsor is the one and only Thin Man Brewery. And, of course, I'm saying that uh, facetiously because there are actually two Thin Man Breweries. (laughs) One at Elmwood, one on Chandler, and they got a little bit going on here, so let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, They have an upcoming – collaboration with flat 12 a beer pairing vegan dinner it's all vegan it's coming up on april 27th at 6 30 p.m uh all vegan so four courses of amazing uh features prepared using mushrooms from flat 12 paired with four of the newest and favorite thin man beers so more details on that to come i believe they're supposed to say friday it's called paint and pints it's at the elmwood thin man it's a pop-up art studio um, with a local artist, uh, it the the fe- artist feature for this pop up is Bob Ross, who everyone loves. So, uh, limited tickets are available. Uh, Venmo Anna Tadaro three to secure your spot if that's not interesting to you. And then we got Logger and Underberg. How about that? Underberg, a 175 year old aromatic digestive bitter derived from herbs from forty three countries. Uh, it's herbal qualities and little bottle make this drink fun. It originates in Germany, uh, pairs well with many other old world style beers or, you know, lagers. So currently enjoying that uh, with Munich Delight now available at Thin Man, Thin Man Elmwood, only $3 when purchased with any lager. And uh, one more thing, uh, they have a new beer here uh, called Lucky Lucy. It is a year round red ale named in honor of the head brewer's dog, Lucy. It's a 5.3% mild sweetness, pleasant hop, and uh, apparently big old paws. It's available draft only right now. Oh, and there's one more thing. Sorry. Uh, this is coming up Saturday, May 6th. Uh, Logger Jam 2023. So it's their first ever logger focused event. Credible lineup of loggers. Uh, tickets are available at thinmanbrewery.com. Uh, you'll get a Thin Man Stein, first pour included, $5 loggers, $2 thin tubes, and some discounted merchandise. But m- more importantly than all of that, we have Brendan playing at Thin Man Chandler on Saturday at 8 p.m. Isn't that right, Brendan? That is correct, Taylor. Yes, we are. Uh, my band Slow Animals cover band is going to be playing three hours, two long sets there. It's going to be a great time. We always have a ton of fun at either location. Chandler is especially a really great time, though, too. So make sure you come check it out. Like I said, free cover, which is always great. You can't go wrong there. Free music. There's going to be a fundraiser going on, actually, for uh, Beryl and Brian is putting a fundraiser on. That's independent. But the two things, like our concert and then that fundraiser, are going to be kind of meshing together. So there's going to be a really cool crowd there. Going to be a great time. If you haven't been to the Chandler Street location also, it is awesome there. It is huge. I mean, obviously, the Elmwood one is great in its own right. We love the Elmwood one, one of my favorite bars in all of the city, no doubt about it. But Chandler is great for like the venue sense. It is just a massive building. Um, so it's going to be a ton of fun. We play, I, I've talked about it on here before, but the cover band I'm in, we do a lot of really cool, like modern rock stuff, like the Strokes and Arctic Monkeys and the Killers. We also do a lot of throwbacks, like some David Bowie, some Doors, 
a little bit of Beatles. Like then we do some stuff in between, like some nineties we cover with a little bit of like Sugar Ray. We also try to do a little bit of like pop stuff. So we got some Harry Styles in the set, some Gwen Stefani in the set. So it's a, it's a nice little mix that we have of artists from a wide variety of genres. It's always a good time. We always have a lot of fun there. Taylor has been to many, many shows and I have seen him shake that ass and folks, let me tell you, you want to see Taylor dropping that thing on Saturday. So if you want to see Taylor getting after it, after having a few wonderful Thin Man beers, boy, oh boy, Thin Man Chandler is the place to be. Taylor, your thoughts on your ass-shaking abilities? Thin Man Brewery, two convenient locations <laughs> in Western New York and Elmwood and Chandler Streets. Check them out. Um, anyway, my last thought really on all this is kind of what, get back to what you were saying. <laughs> about Levi. Uh I don't like to. I don't want to hurt anyone, by the way. So I uh, no promises on uh, on anything. I, <laughs> I don't want to break any hearts. So the thing with Levi, I think what he's shown on his six starts is all the flashes and all the incredible potential of a guy who's going to be the guy we should be confident that is going to be our franchise goal eventually. He showed all of that and quicker than I thought he would. But what I think you've also seen is the inconsistency of someone who should probably be the one B next year with, like we've said before, the chance to take over the job and be one A to be the one A if possible. But I don't think you can really always get much from a six game sample size in terms of what you should do next year. But I, I also want to say that what we everything we've seen from, from his confidence to his meditation, a lot of that cool stuff, but also, you know, his confidence on the ice and flashing the glove and, and things like that. And, just in general, you can watch him and know he's been better than much better than the other bozos this year. Respect to Craig Anderson, who's just, you know, good, but too old. Uh, but yeah, so that's why my position remains the same. I think it's someone that maybe within two years is a guy that plays 55 games at like a 920 save percentage. That'd be great. But I think going into next year, you would much rather be safe. You'd much rather have, uh, overpay a goalie that's only going to play 30 games than you would uh have the other situation happen where you all oh, shit all of a sudden all we have is UPL and Levi. What are we going to do? Yeah. So that's my main thought on that. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, I all, all respect to the, uh, the fellas because it really seemed like the season was falling apart a little while ago and then it wasn't. Well, let me ask you this. If you had the option, and obviously there's a lot of things that come into play when we're talking about free agency, but if you had the option of signing, let's say either of the Canes goalies, just as an example, like I'm not married to the idea of either of them, Freddie Anderson or Antti Ranta. Freddie Anderson right now is getting paid $4.5 million a year. If I were to tell you that Anderson or Ranta, and assuming I'll be I'll, uh, also with their injury concerns that that number wouldn't like go up or anything like that. If you could have either of those guys for two by 4.5, would you do that? Knowing yeah. that, yeah, because yeah. then Levi could take the job and what do you really have to lose? You have a good yeah. backup, a good veteran backup? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor? Go Bulls, I guess. I see you're all decked out in the gear there, man. Well, good luck to you tonight, my friend. Well, with that being said, though, everybody, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode of Straight Up Sabres. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and also that you're subscribed and or following Straight Up Sabres on whatever your preferred streaming platform is. 
Additionally, make sure you are going on social media and following the Charging Buffalo and the Hockey Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. Last but not least, our lovely sponsors. We have DraftKings, of course. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And last but not least, Thin Man Brewery. Hopefully, you'll join Taylor and I on Saturday night at Thin Man Chandler at 8 p.m. But if not, make your way over to Thin Man soon and make sure you're following both DraftKings and Thin Man Brewery on their respective social media platforms. So, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in. As we said before, we'll be back with our season wrap-up episode on Monday. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Everybody.